I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And it is that time we are going to preview the NRL Grand Final in depth before the clash on the weekend. Panthers, Broncos, like we said in our show early in the week, Boxhead, 1v2, uh, 1v2 and attack and defense and in most of the important categories and the two standout teams all year. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it. Uh, probably what we've been waiting for all year, but now it's here. Ken is mustered to get out to the stadium on the weekend and watch these two teams go around. I'll probably... Soft, the soft spot in me wants the Panthers to win because we're going to take the young fella and he's mad Penrith fan. And I've, yeah, never seen a team of mine win a comp. He could do it at age four, so that'd be... Or age three, so that'd be pretty good for him. But uh, I just want to see a good game, to be honest. I hope it lives up to what we all think it will be. Uh, if it's if it's a bit of a fizzer, I hope it goes Penrith way. Like it was last year, I suppose. Last year was a bit of a fizzer, wasn't it? Yeah, I think fizzer or not, the one thing I will say on that is obviously history beckons here. That like we were talking not long ago, a few years back, about going the back-to-back when the Roosters did it, and then obviously it only took Penrith a couple of years to do it, but to think they could win three in a row, which last time was the Eels in the 80s, like 40 years. Yeah. Pretty significant. And when people talk about the challenges, you're talking about the salary cap era, you're talking about the players they've lost year on year on year and to keep coming back the way they have, not just stay in the top four or be a finals team, but to be this dominant. Like, we're watching history unfold. And there's a lot of people out there that are getting the old tall poppy syndrome or they don't like Penrith and they're over what's going on, but you have to appreciate greatness, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, and what we're witnessing at this point in time, and if they do win on Sunday, is something you... Again, I, I don't know if you will see it again in this era of salary cap. Yeah. Like... Even as a Melbourne fan, you have to look across the bow and think, you know, we kept that spine together for a long time. There were some periods where they went in and out of the four or around it, but in terms of converting titles and what they've done in this three- or four-year period, if they can pull three grand finals in a four-year period, yeah. that's almost more than Melbourne, you know, got sort of out of that 20-year run. If you take the two titles out, they were obviously scrapped for salary cap reasons. Yeah. So to convert that in such a window is just immense. Um, for Brisbane... Reemergence didn't expect to see them um, down for as long as we did or through that sort of transition period. They're a club you never would have expected to be there, but it's been a slow rebuild um, after three or four years and blooding all these kids. And then the gift of Reese Walsh coming back, uh, they find themselves in this position here now. Yeah, they deserve and, to be there. Yeah. You know, it's it's been a real accelerating year that we talked about for a lot of those guys that are year three and four and played some rep football, 50 plus games of NRL now, sprinkled in with the Walsh and the Reynolds. To this is what, you know, since I've been alive, what you'd expect of the Broncos. They were always a top four perennial finals team, stacked with rep players, and either in grand finals or around the grand final. So it's been a long overdue, but first time since 2015, and the last win in a grand final was 06 against the Storm, yep. which is, again, unheard of in like my sort of lifetime or era of the Broncos. So um, putting themselves back there, both sides... Queensland, New South Wales, and international representatives, New Zealand flavour as well. Absolutely stacked as you'd expect. But let's quickly have a look at the lineups uh, for the, this game before it happens on the weekend. No surprises, as we spoke about during the week in terms of injuries. There was a couple of scares yesterday. They said that Herbie didn't finish training, but they expect him to be all good. Reynolds had a bit of a knock, but expect to be all good. Like What's new? You hear stuff every week about Reynolds, I guess, at modified training or knocks or... Niggles, and they said something about Reese Walsh as well. But at this point in the year, there's a lot of guys with niggles or issues. Anything that they've picked up there, anything to report. 
You wouldn't think so, but no surprise, uh, one to seventeen to what we thought at the start of the week. So they've stuck with Cogger on the bench. Not surprised by that at all. Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu and Garner make up the other spots. Lenu's not a surprise, but as we said, over the year for the Panthers, much like Brisbane, they sort of work through their bench. Mm-hmm. We've had different guys in. You've seen Peachy play, Eisenhuth play, Hosking play. Um, they gave a little bit of a run to Sony. Some of them got a couple of games. They've found what works best for them at this point in time. They have, yeah. Cogger obviously is an essential, given the circumstances we've spoken about with Luai. Um, but for a guy... Like Len Yu, you know what he's going to do. Lindsay Smith's really come on, really consistent in the stint they give him. Uh, more leg speed than, say, an Eisenhuth or a middle, which is a spot they're probably a little short in. And then Luke Garner offers you, you know, multiple cover. A bit like Hosking. He's a guy that can play centre, play back row, play middle if you need him to. So injured at the start of the year. Didn't quite hit how I thought he would there, but after having a bit of time off, playing some cup at the back end of the year, he's found his way into the 17. And then on the flip... Um, you know, Tago, Luai, both made it through last week, so that's all positives for the Panthers. A little bit of ring rust for Tago defensively, but you expect him to be better this week in what will be a tougher matchup. But for Brisbane, again, 1-17, to no surprises, no changes. That bench also evolving across the year. Found a good balance between Smoothie and Walters as their hooker combo. Pia Cora, Hetherington, Palacio, when they got their opportunities um, as things played on, sort of, got over the top of Jensen and Tapu who had those two bench spots to start the year. But again, bring more leg speed, a bit more dynamic, ability to offload, and in all cases, I think all three of those guys can play middle or edge if they're acquired. Yeah. So their, their bench looks really well balanced. They've certainly... And like you said, they it's evolved as the year's gone on. Mm. <clears throat> and that's a sign that they've got great depth that you can have guys come in and roll out and have injuries and suspensions and state of origin. and They've always looked pretty settled, haven't they? Yeah, and Arthur's was the one who obviously got the nod as the year went on for his form over Oates. Oates is our eighth man, unfortunate for him. Um, potentially his last year with the Broncos, we don't know. Start of the year on fire was probably in line for a bit of an origin recall, to be honest, or in that sort of form, but mm-hmm. that's rugby league. You get injured, someone comes in, the team's humming, does a good job. It's also down to your contract situation, where you are at this point in your career, and they've clearly decided that this is the way forward. Yeah. So, unfortunately for Corey Oates, um, his body has been an issue over time. He'd been healthy the last couple of years more so, but this year it's probably the reason why he's not playing in the grand final. Just once you fall out, like we've said, same as these other guys, Tapu, suspension, etc. Um, when you've got a team like this and people play to that, that extent or that form, it's hard to get your spot back, but... Two absolutely stacked sides. Rep quality. Where do you want to start? You want to talk about the Panthers or you want to talk Doesn't about the Broncos? Let's go. Well, I reckon we jump in on the Broncos side of things. The blokes <laughs> that are coming to challenge, but I think all year that evolution's sort of been there. Uh, but the big thing, probably what you talked about at the start of the week for them, is just being true to who they are. Like I still stick by what I've said. You cannot avoid the hard parts of the game. But the way they play, high risk, reward type football, high octane, shifting the football, edge to edge, getting early ball to their centers, or letting Walsh, you know, make errors and then just goldfish and make his mistakes, that can't disappear. But obviously, just knowing that it comes with a caveat against a team like Penrith, that if you are going to push the boundaries and you do give away possession errors, penalties, etc., that you're more than likely going to pay for it. But for them, that's what's got into the dance. Mm. The defence has certainly improved along the way. They played Penrith twice this year, and the first time they... Penrith scored 12 points, second time 15 points. Like, that's the recipe to beat Penrith. They can do that again. If they can have Penrith score probably 18 or less, they've got to feel pretty confident about winning this game. I think if Penrith score any more than 18, I think it's going to be really difficult for the Broncos to win. It was one of those during Origin, I don't remember. I don't know. I just I looked today and 12 points and 15 points. There would be no one in the competition who has played Penrith twice who have who have conceded that little points against the Panthers. So you can talk about offense, defensive records, all that hullabaloo as much as you want. If you want to drill down into those two games, the fact of the matter is that they've both been pretty low scoring, gritty, grinding type games. So I think Brisbane <clears throat> Brisbane have the, the formula there. They just need to go with the flow of the game. 
<clears throat> when it suits when it suits them to play up that high octane, like you say, ball in play, when they've got Penrith on the back foot, bit of fatigue, glutz of possession, then they need to rev up and play that style. When Penrith have got the momentum, they need to find ways to break it. It's as simple as that. They need to kick the ball out. They need to do things that are slightly unconventional, like we spoke about on, on Monday night's show, and give Penrith a different look. Because Penrith are just so robotic. If you want to kick to the corners and play end-to-end and play live footy mm. and play set-for-set set like everyone talks about, play the Panther <clears> style <throat> of footy, good luck beating them at it. Because no one's been able to do it since Melbourne in that grand final in, what, 2020. And as the years have gone on, their Penrith have got better and better and better and more comfortable in that style. So I would be avoiding that at all costs. But, you know, I think you can pick and choose your moments when you've got them under pressure, you've got them under fatigue, and you've got gluts of possession. To, to get into that that style of footy, sure, and play high octane, like you say, and give those key guys early ball and, and get them going at Penrith. I think the key for Brisbane is going to be not conceding when Penrith have moments of dominance and conceding in gluts. And they need to understand and know and have a plan around how they're going to break Penrith's momentum when they get it. Because Penrith are going to get <clears> it. <throat> Penrith are going to get the momentum. We saw that the other night against Melbourne. There were periods there where you know, it was end-to-end. End, it was grinding. Penrith gets some momentum. They go bang, bang. They score tries in bunches. They'll pin you down your own end. They'll fatigue you. They might not score points, but they'll mm. put you back to the trial line for three or four sets which may not have a result on the scoreboard in the short term, but it will in the long term. And that's exactly what you said. Hullabaloo or not, some numbers speak to exactly that. And looking at the Penrith sort of stuff today again, obviously conceded the least amount. They're number one in kick return metres. They're number one in overall metres. They have the most tackles inside 20, so they're patient. They set up camp. They have the most <clears> forced <throat> dropouts. They dominate all the categories like you just but said. The, yeah, just to rattle off the stats though, like Brisbane need to get to the nuts and bolts of it and go, why? Well, Why? It is all that. You, you need yeah, to stop yeah, them in yardage. You need to win in the middle. Yeah, it's to... all easy to, easy to say. Yeah, but if you can't do it. It's not easy it. to do. So that's what I'm saying. They need to have a plan around it. Mm. And then the glaring one, like I said, yeah, there was two or three that really stood out in terms of, well, Brisbane had nowhere near as many inside 20s, but they certainly, with that attack, score long-range strikes. What do you strikes. mean inside 20s? Well, they don't set up camp. They don't force dropouts, but they've obviously scored a lot more long-range strikes. Tries inside 20. Just tackles inside 20. They had 400 less inside 20. So whether they're not winning that sort of field position or they're conceding metres and playing more out of their own end, they've obviously got the ability, as we know, to score long range. They've got strike centres. They've got a strike fullback. Mam's very dangerous. Their forward pack generates offloads. They haven't had to, per se, play the way Penrith had in that regard or lean into that because their strength is they've got so much talent across the park. And they break teams open, sometimes just in... uh, Freak sheer moments. You've got Walsh, Brills, <coughs> Cobo can be absolute rocks and diamonds, but one minute, you know, he's dropped the ball, and the next minute he's gone 80 metres the other way. Like, they've just sort of got that in them, which probably speaks to that as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of some of the things. And there's probably the one thing that I didn't really see during the year, which I saw here, was metres conceded. They are one of the worst in the competition. So, again, looking at something like Penrith, and I don't like to read into stats too much, but if you concede metres and you want to win that field position battle or get into that, and you're also one of the highest error rate teams as well. You leave yourself in a situation with a team, like we said, with great discipline, great getting out of their own end, and great at pinning you and your end. So it is that balance, like we're talking about, that you don't want them to not play their football, but if they do lean into that and they do make a couple of errors or give away field position or concede metres and get bogged down, well, we know what Penrith's going to do. Yeah. But, you know, ball in play, I had that written down similar to you, was the second point I had here. Penrith love ball and play. They love that cycle. They love that back and forth for Brisbane. You hit the nail on the head. I think for them, if Penrith start to get on top, you do need to break a rhythm. Whether that's Reynolds putting one into touch, trying to get him off a set start, or like you said, just something unconventional to sort of break that cycle and take away some of that fatigue in time, make Penrith restart from a set play, that's not a bad thing for them. Uh, you kick target, I don't really know. Everyone likes to kick the Taruva, but I don't think there is an easy option in the Penrith back three. Toto, Dylan Edwards, him. He's sort of been the one that most have aimed at this whole year. Yeah. But I think the the issue is not who you kick to, it's where they catch and where you tackle them. If you can put them as far over on a sideline as possible, it means that you can shorten your defensive line on play two, mm. which is vital. Because more often than not, if you kick to Taruva, Toa will travel in. Yeah. And Penrith play a system where their back row will go to the corner post. So both their back row is on kick return 
will sort of go up the tram and then they'll go out to the corner post to give them that visual width. I'd probably challenge Penrith there and I'd really narrow my defensive line on play 2-3 and see if they're willing to shift the ball out of yardage. They don't traditionally do it. No. But then again, not many people really tighten their line up and get after them or they've got a long field and they can never really kick and pin them in a corner. And that's when you talk about kick return metres. More often than not, you've got more kick return metres because you've got further to run. You've got further further to run on kick return when your defence is dominating and you're pinning the opposition in their end. Mm. So that's like you need to work out what the stat actually means. Yeah, well, they've got so, the most metres full stop, so they don't need to do yeah, it in yardage. They, they do it in all parts of the field. They're pinning you into a corner and they're making you come out. You're kicking long and they're bringing the ball back a larger distance because you're obviously having to kick <coughs> a lot further. So the challenges for Brisbane is, yeah, they need to get upfield and they need to execute their kick and they need to land on it and pin Penrith down on play one, narrow their defensive line and, and get into Tao or get into mm-hmm. Taruva on play two. If they can win that kick plus two um, and even plus three, you know, usually it's probably Edwards or someone like that. If you give Penrith make Penrith's middles work and get behind the ball, Ooh. they're not going to be back there to play three, play four. This is the other part that we've spoken about for years now when people talk sometimes about numbers on Penrith's run metres for their middles. They don't want their middles essentially having to rack up the metres because their back five do such a good job and get that help yeah. to get their front rowers back behind Which the ball. Which is why their front rowers are always on the field for 30, yeah. minutes, 30 minutes. And they front load as far. and they bash play one too. But if you can do what you're saying and stop them and have to make... Fish and Leota have to carry a bit more out of yardage. You're taking that sting out of their kick chase and they play one too. Yeah, what I'm saying is nothing new. Like most most NRL teams would have gone in with this sort of plan. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not acting like I put the air in the footy. It's no. you need to be able to do it. And <clears throat> yeah, those numbers. It's always yeah mm. trying to work out what they mean and work out how to stop it. And even like you said about the kicks, like you know, the other oh. thing is, can you bring? Is there a way on kick return to bring Edwards forward? Bring to O forward. I, I said on Monday night. Maybe you need to. Maybe they need to show that you're going to shift and run the ball on last play. Yeah. And have your winger kick it to or, try and bring that winger up and then kick him behind him. So yeah. and then it's a bit like, you know, you're actually bringing the back three forward and then you kick him behind him. But you can't do that every time. No, and you also and just you know if you do that, it actually plants a little bit of seed in, mm-hmm. in of doubt in the back three's mind. That, but I just it's it's difficult. I, I'd probably have two or three things like that up my sleeve where. You know, I'd want to at least try it and just see what how Penrith react. But Brisbane might go in there and go, no, we're, we're going all in on our style and we're going to go about it this way. And if we go down, you know, in that manner, we'll go down in, in that manner. Mm. But I'd at least want to have plan B, plan C, plan D and have practiced it. So, you know, you're not just sending messages out and expecting your team to do things that you haven't spoken about or haven't practiced. And like you said, it also requires a certain player. Like we used to talk about with Cronulla, the ability to run play four or five with Wade Graham down the short side, knowing that he can ball play or kick, you know, yeah. and bring a line up or hold outside backs, you know, within close range to the dink one and behind or put pressure on. So for them, is it Walsh on a sweep line, linking up with the halves, getting out to an edge and threatening and then putting a kick in and trying to bring someone forward or get a bit of doubt created? I, I don't know, but... Yeah, the problem with the sweep line is you're running towards the sideline. <clears throat> Same as those cage kicks you talk about, like you said. you want That's realistically what you want to execute, but can you get in the field position to execute that? Drop it inside that 10-meter well, box the other or thing try is, and put it the, in the, the other The other part of that is then do you sacrifice the long kick and kick it 10 or 20 meters shorter and try and hit. so you can land on him and hit him Full and win well. that play and win the next play? Because obviously you're going you're gonna to lose the field position for that little period mm. but does that mean then that you can win that first two plays and win that defensive set and actually gain a little bit of ascendancy in that cycle this Again, these are all the things you need to think about might and, become a tactic if you're starting to lose that cycle and think alright we just need to land on one of these blokes and hit and now, try and, on the weekend how often Dylan Edwards just caught the ball in the full and ran 10-15 yeah, metres up the field doing it all year yeah okay because they're so dominant and, we and I was it. just thinking it was ticking over in my mind as I was watching it the other night like how do you how do you stop that you stop that by obviously making more meters, but if you can't make more meters, if they're ramping up and they're winning those first couple of tackles and they're restricting your meters, how do you then win the start of that next set? Because kicking long and having them run onto the ball and yeah. run into you is like it hasn't worked. Again, off the back foot, under pressure, not finding grass, all those things. Yeah, it's impossible when you're so kicking at some on the point, back foot. If you feel like you're getting strangled, you might have to put up the Hail Mary and drop one in a, a risky spot where you're going to have chases land on it. Yeah. 
and force an error or try and get a big hit and try and break, like you said, that cycle. Because yeah. if you just sit in it and you're drowning in it, that's exactly what they'll do to you. They will drown you. Um, there's no doubt about it as well. Everyone can talk about what they want, but the real big key is the middle three. Haas, Carrigan, Flegler. If they don't dominate the middle, no different to every other part of this, up against Yo, and in particular, the hatchet job the two front rowers, Lauder and Fisher, did last year in the grand final. Yeah, We saw what they laid out early. They just shut down anything Parramatta wanted to do. Like Lauder literally played like someone had told him after that game, he was going to jail. He was just wiping blokes out. He hit Sevo that hard, he basically just disappeared to the wing. But this is not a run-of-the-mill front row, not the Parramatta was either, but this forward pack, you've got origin representatives, you've got firebrands, you've got big minutes, they've got power, footwork, etc. They need to go with Penrith's middle. Yeah. If they can go with Penrith's middle, which they've certainly got the cattle to do it, that, again, is another thing in counteracting. This cycle, winning that field position battle, winning that territory battle, and actually turning it into a really good contest where you can put juice into each other's legs. And on the upside for them as well, they've probably got more minutes than those three. Like, you know Yo's going to play 80, but Fish, this year, his minutes have sort of been down. He's playing 60-65. I don't look forward. It's mainly been around the 50 mark, 55 if they push. They might ask for more here, but Carrigan and Haas can play 80 if they need to. Flegler can push up to the 50-55 mark, but they've generally been giving Carrigan and Haas about 60-65 because their bench is obviously good and been able to come in and give them that little bit of a reprieve. But if really needed, they can go the distance. Yeah. But again, can they make an impact when it matters in the first 15, 20 when those two guys are on just being, you know, Tasmanian devils and trying to wipe everyone out, stop them, put them on their back and not let them win the middle part of the field? Um, that's a huge challenge and probably, I think, the biggest part of the game. And offloads, like they talked last week, you know, they had 23. Again, you're talking about one of the best defensive teams, the team that shuts it down. They're also second in offloads or first pen if they were one and two in that category as well. So they're also no stranger to be able to yeah, get the ball through. Again, the offload is a result of winning a con- winning contest. Winning a contest, yeah. <clears throat> and it was quite easy to do that when they're winning field position, they're running downhill, yeah. they're running at a retreating defensive line, they're running at a fatigued defensive line. And like Andrew Webster said in his post-match press conference, the Warriors' attention to detail around their contact and locking the ball up yeah. was poor. Penrith aren't going to be... Anywhere near that poor with their contact and their attention to detail. No. Unless they can induce some fatigue in them, which is a whole, you know, battle in itself. So that that yeah, the, the whole offload thing in theory is good. Um, but you know, whether it actually comes to fruition will be another thing. You know, at Penrith's open training session yesterday they did a couple of drills on preventing an offload, so you know, they're aware of it and they're preparing for it. So Yeah, it'll be Interesting to see if if the Broncos can create that you know offload because if you can if you can offload and then find a half and essentially it becomes another play mm. an offload in a set can be as good as a seven tackle set it gives 100%. you another it gives you another tackle and a quick play the ball and breaks mm. the line down a bit it's and that's the sort of so thing you need against Penrith but they also need to be the right type of offload a, a going forward offload yeah. a momentum Effective. offload not just trying to offload for the sake of offloading, yeah. So yeah, not a pun guy hand grenade. Again, it needs that, to be when you look line. at numbers, oh, they had this many offloads, That that's cool. But how many of them, you know, won them the ruck and, mm. like you say, was effective? Yeah, and last week they certainly were effective. They we're, were. Yeah, we're also, absolutely. like we said, we're talking about the team they're playing this week being number one for a reason. 12 points a game for the whole year. The, the closest to them was Brisbane at 18 points a game. They're not going to let the ball go free. They're going to be effective with their tackles. I think that's the key for Brisbane. They trap. I think 18 is the most. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and then scoring, obviously, that yourself. Scoring three plus a field goal. Like, can you can you get to 19? I think from Kevy, that'd be sort of what I've got in my head. I'd be thinking, if we can keep Penrith to 18 and we can, we can get to 19, I just feel like if Penrith score four, they win the game. The other thing, negative or not, if they get penalty goal opportunities or points, take them. Brisbane? Yeah. Yeah, I think that all that all comes down to context, like what's happening yeah, in the game. Yeah, are they fatigued? Have you had them for multiple sets? Is there a bit? Like all that sort of stuff I If like there's fatigue in the game, I'll be tapping and going and trying to induce as much as I can into Penrith. But if but I'm getting something... If you can go from in a cycle, 6 to 8, 12 to 14, yeah. or you can 
Yeah, like you say, early and it's close. Yeah, 30, 35 out, you're in that sort of cycle and you get an opportunity to put points on the board. I take points. Mm. Particularly and, if maybe you're coming out of yardage and you've had a bit of fatigue. Yes. Yeah, and I knowing... think that's what I mean by context. I think there needs to be a little bit in and around, okay, guys, when are we when are we going to take two? Mm. A lot of the time, like as a coach, I, I like to let the players decide mm. unless it's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, well, this is to take the lead or this and, is five minutes to go. All those but ones. a lot of the time... You know, if you give that responsibility to to your players, most of them will they'll make that call anyway. Because mm. there's no better uh, <clears throat> better gauge of momentum or how the game's flowing than than the players on the field. Mm. I think. But that, yeah, I think you're right. That's that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. Oh, I just thought for them, you got a clutch goal kicker. Like yeah, also, Penrith do, but the same thing. This is not your run of the mill game for them, where they're going to get. I think the amount of opportunities they usually get. So, if Penrith points are on the other night, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Early. Uh, to go up to eight. And then they got a couple just before the half, I think. I think mm. it was to go 6-4. So mm. they knock one over, then they got a couple of tries off the back try, of yeah. penalty error opportunities, <clears throat> just handcuff and sets together. Two, first two kicks hit the sticks from both kickers, didn't they? <clears throat> yeah. So I think for them it's a golden opportunity. And then the flip is sort of on the back of all that. We know what Penrith will do to them if they concede those metres errors. So just find that balance, but... Also interested to see how he used his bench. The last few weeks, it's sort of been Palacio. He's leaned into. He's made a real good impact. He has. Hetherington obviously brings good leg speed and versatility. Pierre Kura's minutes have been low, and Smoothie's generally getting 25 or 30. But for all of them, much like any team, when you put your, your subbies on, I think if it's them versus, say, Lindsay, Lenyu, Kenny, they may have a little bit of a leg up in that department. So if they are still even at that point, if their bench can have a positive impact, that's also... A point of difference for me for Brisbane. Yeah. Um, I guess Walsh is your other big talking point. Everyone's talked about, you know, what what he can do and his impact on the game. Again, it comes off all those things we spoke about before. If they're not winning yardage, if they're not getting good field opportunities, this, that, and the other, you're talking about the guy here, why so effective with, you know, almost 30 try assists, most line break assists in the competition, tries, line breaks, everything himself. He also makes the most errors and he can be a bit erratic at times. So for him, I guess it's just keeping his head, being patient, but when opportunities come, not being afraid to pull the trigger. Because, you know, you know, one thing I had in my head all day, and I don't know why, is just seeing a Stephen Crichton intercept again. Every big game, whether it's been a grand final, World <laughs> Cup final, it just seems to have been Stephen Crichton taking one to the house. Mm. Um, Dallin obviously got him on the weekend. I just, for some reason, had that glued into my head again that every big game, he's just taken one to the bank. So... Interested to see his sort of impact in the game if they're not getting the opportunities that he's generally afforded and how he involves himself. Because we know he's not a great sort of yardage player. He's not a big body. Most of his work is done off the back of what the Ford pack does. And he capitalises brilliantly, obviously, off that. They lay the platform. Play breaks down or off and offload that we saw on the weekend. Swings both sides of the fields. Links up with man. Gets fed by Reynolds. Like, how does he find his way into this? Well, I think early doors, you've got to hit that lead runner. Mm. <clears throat> they try and a lot of the time go out the back and give Walsh the ball on that sweep line. I think early doors, you've got to hit the lead and he's got to get down and up and then allow Walsh either to get into dummy half and run down the open mm. or to wrap around the short side and get the ball from dummy off the dummy half and attack Penrith down the short side. Again, think about ways to not just give him the ball out the back because Penrith will be all over that. Yeah. And they'll, the they'll just shift off. I'd be hitting that back rower and wanting that back rower to smash an inside shoulder off. Yeah. Get it, get down and get up. And, and let him eye. play quick and run. Mm. Like, I want Walsh with his eyes pointed towards the, the try line, not the corner post. And a lot of the time, you know, they've got the luxury of him being able to face the corner post because yeah. he's got... You know, the work inside him is good enough to ensure that he's got enough time to turn mm. the corner. And he can hit that. Against Penrith... That might not happen. So again, yeah. what's your plan B? How do you get him getting? How do you get him going on the front foot? Mm. And you know, I think they they've got to think play short. You know, play fast. Uh, and you know, you still need that shape there. You still yeah. need that movement. But he might you don't have to always play, need to use it. He might have to play a little bit more mm. through the ruck and bob up through there. And it may also be rather than <clears throat> the half digging into the line there and playing short to the back rower, they drop that back rower under and yeah. then have a look. Try and pick him play. up to the middle. Yeah, or, and then just let Walsh, again, either stay there on the short side and come back to him or let him go to dummy half on the back of that and away he goes. Hmm. 
<clears throat> I think you hit nail on the head there, especially getting Ricky, who's a bigger body, at Luai, test that shoulder. Obviously, Melbourne couldn't do that last You've week. You've got to, mate. Like, Luai... You've got to hit him. He has to make 30, 40 tackles. Oh, 100%. I, I think... thought Melbourne did a good job of it, but too often they left him on the ground or they left the center on the ground or they left the back row on the ground and they shifted the ball away from it. Yeah, rather than channeling it or going back to it. was there. unbelievable to watch. Mm. Yeah. It was I... almost like, we've got to make him make a tackle. And I'm not I'm not saying that the coaches didn't coach this, nah. but it just shocked me at the willingness for them just to move away to from it. They created an opportunity yeah. to play through. Put a, a man on the ground. Yeah, like I'd just be playing through that space. Your other sort of spot that you think they're going to go out, especially if they get the opportunity to create that doubt, um, getting at Tago after last week. I know injury, long-term out, it's one of those things. Like when you, when you haven't had reps and you haven't been there, that Ola miss was pretty simple. There was a couple other one-on-ones, but I think the matchup, if Walsh can get on him, as well as just Herbie, I think their one-on-one center matchups are pretty good. Crichton-Stags is a ding-dong matchup. I think that one's fairly even. Crichton's one of the better defensive centers in the competition, but Herbie Farnworth, we've been saying it for years, how much of a fan we are of Herbie Farnworth. I think this year he's been the best center of the comp. Yeah. Close to. You can argue for Crichton and a few other guys, but I think consistently week to week across the whole season... It's not always tries, but he does yardage work. He's good. He's elusive. He's big. He's skillful. I think that's a much more of a handful this week for Tago if there's a one-on-one situation. So he's going to need to have his shoulders ready to rock and roll. Okay. Can't have blokes go around the outside of him. Can't get beat inside. Um, yeah, I think that's a real key point there if they can get an opportunity with a bit of space that I, I think Herbie Tago is a very interesting matchup. So centers, they've clearly got something there that, that they can go for. Um Reynolds is, is the key. This is what they bought him for. He needs to unlock these guys. Ma'am and Walsh and that all, again, a lot of what he does obviously is dictated off the back of what the middles do. But if they get stuck in that cycle, can he kick well? Will he hold up in defense? Will you know? Will he do at least do the minimum of his job if it turns into that shit fight? This is what they've paid him for. His kicking game, whether it's off the back foot, front foot, whatever, needs to be absolutely on song. He's really the one that unlocks a lot of it if the pack does their job. In particular, they Mamma Walsh. Having a veteran like him steer things and just let those guys play free is 99% of the reason why they're unable to attack the way they are. Yeah, I agree. And it takes pressure, obviously, off their ninth situation. But <coughs> full credit to Billy Wilders in particular. He's he's evolved a lot this year. Yeah. <clears throat> he's turned into quite a positive part of what they do through the middle and manipulation and some smarts there, stealing a couple of tries. But... Yeah, if Penrith get at Reynolds, bash him up, get him off the back foot, a couple of bad kicks and rough him up. We've seen it before. A couple of the prelims previously with South where if he gets beaten, bashed up, and they get on the back foot, things can go off the rails. So it's a big night for him. It's a real big night for him. Yeah. Uh, I guess probably one of the, the last sort of two points out here as well, yardage. It needs to be all hands on deck. Like Cobo some weeks is fantastic and that, and other weeks he's just absent. Herbie, I think, is the most consistent part of what they get in yardage. He's a 15 to 20 carry sort of center. Sort of reminds me of Hodges in a way. The game doesn't need to find him. He'll find the game. It's not just good ball, but Cobbo, Arthurs and Walsh obviously aren't big bodies, but you're going to have to do it. This is not a team, again, that you're going to get out of that part of the game. Have to be good in yardage. Have to. Stag, similar, has games sometimes where he barely has five or six touches. It's a non-negotiable against Penrith that you have to fucking roll your sleeves up and get in down and dirty in yardage. Their pack's obviously going to give them a huge advantage with minutes and do their part, but there's a few guys there that probably don't pull their weight as much compared to a Penrith team who's number one, like we said, kick returns, 15, 20-plus carries, all those positions. They need to get right into the nitty-gritty of the yardage side of things. And then the last point was just balance, like we said before. The balance between risk, cycle, taking advantage of those man-to-man matchups, you know, the balance of discipline and then engaging in risk, whether it's a Walsh pass or, you know, an offload to the middle of the field like, they can't not be who they are because that's what's got them there. But at the same time, a lot of those indicators like we talked about just feed into what Penrith do so well. If they make bad decisions, give away errors, concede all those metres, get bogged down and the dropouts come, Penrith will just choke the absolute life out of Brisbane. I don't care what players you've got. If you can't win those areas of the game, you are not allowed to play your game. Mm. But I think man for man, if I'm being honest, like you talk team, like Penrith's team evolution, even with what's lost, as a whole, like their team is fantastic. But individually, I think Brisbane at this point, because they're more at the start of that cycle where you start to lose players, man for man and they're 17, probably have better individuals. Yeah. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like different fullbacks, but Walsh is Essentially. exceptional. <laughs> I think Mam's probably been the best six this year. We're talking about... Like just um, talent, talent and firepower. I don't mean team. I think Penrith as a whole, collective as a team. Like you look at Penrith, you can't go past Penrith. But Brisbane, best form with their individuals as a whole, and the way things come together, I think they've got enough to match in the middles, back row, probably a slight advantage maybe in the head to head in the centres. Like your fullback, two different fullbacks, but Walsh is all class. Nines are a little bit different, but both evolved this year. Like, and the, the bench, I think they might have a slight advantage. But Penrith as a collective, I'll take any day of the week because of what we've seen for the last four years. Yeah. But Brisbane have a hell of a chance if they can get things right. A hell of a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> flipping things to Penrith. Like I said, I can run through all that shit all day and numbers mean uh, can mean nothing, but for them, I think it just sums up who they are. Most dropouts, most metres, most kick return metres, highest completion rate in the comp. They're, they're disciplined. They're robotic, they're relentless, they're ruthless, but they do all the small things right, and they will give you absolutely nothing. And the one or two times this year where we've seen little glimpses of it, uh, probably the, those that one Melbourne game was the really bad one. Once they were in the flow of their season, off the back of World Cup, no preseason, guys warming in. Once they were going and up and running, the only real bad period in a game we saw was the first 30 minutes at Marvel. When Melbourne got stuck in them into the cycle, pinned them a little bit, got them kicking off the back foot, forced a couple of errors and were managed to bank points, but they could not maintain the rage. Yeah. They could not do it. Yeah. This team, like I said, just if they keep ball in play and they get to do all the things they want to do and they win all those errors, they just choke you out. And then points come. They may have lost weapons, like we said. Used to be left side heavy. Arpy manipulate the middle. Crichton, you know, and Burton at one stage and having Catewell and having kick out about a crash in and just break, <laughs> break you open at any point in time. They have just leaned more and more and more into the three things in rugby league. Defense, effort, play one-twos, yardage work, push supports, engagements. They have the most passes in general play, the most support. They just do all the little things right. They are the definition of team. And like we've seen most weeks, their best players don't need to have their best games because the sum of the parts of Penrith, much like last week and many weeks, 13, 14 guys are 7 and 8 out of 10s. Everyone does their part. So... They're not going to roll over, that's for sure. And it's hard hard to poke holes in, that's for sure. Um, but for them, I guess we know what they're going to do. Flip side of that is winning that middle again. I think their middle is going to have absolute bounties out on the middle three of Brisbane. In particular, Flegler, I think, someone who can get a bit off kilt at times. We've seen that in Origin and club games. Wouldn't surprise me if Fish, Laoto, in particular, go after him early and see if they can rattle him up a bit because he's the sort of bloke you can get a couple of penalties out of. Haas Carrigan, not in that regard, but just physically, I think they'll go after him. They're not going to go away, but they're certainly going to let him know that it's not a typical week for Brisbane, where those two just go one-two with Flagler off the back and punch holes in teams. Penrith are not going to give that shit away. <clears throat> yeah, Kenny, as much as I knocked at the start of the year, service has certainly improved, but defensively also can't knock him. Leads the line speed, puts himself in front. Um, he'll engage there. And Yo's role wide different. I think he's a huge piece to this, especially with Luai's injury and the way he's involved again like he was last week. But um, those middle three, I think, are huge. But Fish and Ladder again last year, man, the, the the challenge they land down, the gauntlet they threw, and a particular guy like Walters, he's, he's been good defensively, but I reckon they'll channel him when he's on. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'd be getting after him as mm. well. So... <laughs> Um, the other part, I think flip, kick target, you talk that way. I think for them, there is a kick target. For me, it's Cobo. Cobo's a guy who's been bad under pressure, can come up with errors, even though he's got a height advantage in that. Can also find him in yardage sometimes, a lazy carrier. If, if I'm Penrith, if they are winning field position and getting cage kicks, I want Cobo under pressure. He's, you know, besides Walsh, second or third most errors in the comp, I think it was. Mm. But a lot of those were particularly yardage or kick contest when placed under 
that sort of duress and just harassed. Uh, Walsh, same deal, like we've talked about. If you can bash Bond Land on him early and get him going, he's certainly someone you can also get under the skin of. We've seen that in Origin. The emotion can work in his favour at times, but in a physical game like this, if they can rough him up, they're the two I'd go for. Arthur's, you know, he's a late addition. He's not the best in the ADG either. It's proven to be safe enough, but yeah, I think there's certainly some errors that could be made if Penrith can do what they usually do and get kick contests and cage kicks and really put the clamps down on Brisbane. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else did I have here? Looking around a little bit. I think the key spot for them, and no surprise... They've been a lot more balanced this year. They're not as left-side heavy as what they were. Last few weeks in particular, I think they've really figured things out on their right. Cleary's used Martin a lot more. I think he's become a better line runner this year. Um, Tago, Tyo linked up again last week. You saw how smooth that was, the transition of hands a few times. Mam and Kate Well, between them, uh, can be a real weak spot for Brisbane, if you can get it. Yeah. Mam, not for a lack of effort, but size. He's missed 94 tackles. He's one of the worst in the comp. Catewell, sometimes I, I think it might maybe just be technique and contact. He's missed 74, but those two stand next to each other. So if there's a spot that I really want to get out from Penrith, it's there. Now yeah. right, there left. Um, Herbie at but times... For Penrith, it's not so much about getting at it and then staying there. It'll be about getting there to build momentum for the next player. Like, they sequence better than anyone, Penrith. Yeah. And <clears throat> they'll have picked out probably two or three spots they want to get to. Mm. And well, Reynolds if a play doesn't one. work, they'll break down on that hmm. and then play on the back of it. That's where they're very, very good. You know, like <clears throat> play one and two, like you said before, it's probably Walters. Getting to Walters yeah. generates some momentum. Okay, we're Both front halves foot. can be got. If we're, yeah, if we're going to break down, we're breaking down on a lead into one of the halves. Okay, yeah. from there, where are we going? Are we going to go half to half? Yeah. Are we going to go back at Walters? And I think... You know, are we going to, are we going to run that little sweep shape? If we run the sweep shape... Can we drop the back roller back onto the half if it, if it doesn't break down? Just how you get yourself around the field and how you construct your set. Yeah. And where we used to, and still a lot of teams are still probably playing this way, where they're setting up to a post or they're setting up to a location to play, Penrith are very good at understanding, yeah. okay, we've broken down here. Bang. This is what this location means now. Yeah. Not about, oh, I need it to be just, you know, five minutes to the left or five minutes to the right or... You know, we're not ready. They're always ready to go. Yeah. And they've always got a play up their sleeve or a shape up their sleeve or a sequence up their sleeve to pull the trigger on irrespective of where they are on the field. And I think you've hit right there because <clears throat> if you sequence and then get at either edge, Catwell, ma'am, if you can isolate him, turn a Tago or a Martin and get him one-on-one. Well, or it's get... just death by a thousand cuts, yeah. right? A lot of the Penrith trials look easy, but if you actually wind it back, mm. look how they it's got a there. combination. Mm. They beat you with combinations, whereas Brisbane beat you a lot of the time with a big punch. Yeah. So, it, again, it's a clash of styles. Mm. But Reynolds and, like you said, ma'am, certainly good setup points. And you said on both sides, those yeah, two. I, for me, both those guys, if I'm Penrith, I want to be getting my back rolls into them. I want to be physical with them. You know, if we're coming out of yardage and they kick to, to that area of the field, can we access those guys for a couple of tackles? Yeah. If not, you know, they do a good job. I'm going to I'm gonna get into the middle of the field as soon as I can and I'm going to get into Walters. Yeah. And, and that's not because I think they're... They're poor defenders. That's no. just... You want to put fatigue in their well, key position We've players. talked about this before when we've had even people <laughs> randomly comment and get offended about it. It's like, well, you don't run at Haas, do you? Or Carrigan or... Like, if you're looking at Penner, if you're not running at Fisher-Harris. Well, it's like, it's interesting, right? You don't you don't want to run directly at Haas. No. But you also... You probably want to run at Walters and get Haas involved. Exactly, but you're trying so to So he can't actually be effective in the tackle, exactly. but he's working. You're making him work. But it's that initial point of contact. What's my best case result if I'm carrying the football? If mm. it's Penner, it's probably Mitch Kenny, even though he's... Pretty solid what he does. He's a very good defender. But he's the smallest bloke there. So if I'm looking to find someone first, it's not Fish and it's not Laota. They're going to get involved, but it's the same as Brisbane. They're no different your edges. And look, this is where, you know, football analysts have become a huge part of our game because they'll be looking at ways. They'll be looking at, okay, how many missed tackles has Moses Laota had? How many missed tackles has Jane Fisher-Harris had? How many missed tackles has Mitch Kenny had? When do they miss them? What Hmm. scenarios are they in? How do we replicate that scenario? Do we have similar players? Is Is there a commonality in all of that? Yeah. Is there something that we can try and replicate and drill down into to ensure that we put them in situations where they're most likely going to miss tackles? Mm. This is where the game is, you know. Like it's <clears throat> it's drilled right into, and everything will be combed over. It's yeah, it's going to be a real good clash of. It's all good to analyze it. It's all good to see it. It's all good to understand it. Can you coach it? Can mm. you get your players to do it? In 
you know, seven days, six days. Yeah. It's difficult. While also, like we said, to start to kick the show off, being true to your style. Yeah. What you do well. What are your strengths? You know, you still need to do them. That's the reason why you got to where you are. Yeah. But you also need to understand the complexities and some of the areas you might be able to expose the opposition. That's, mm. Have to look into it. Yeah. You know, Have it's, to. It's um, the art of war, isn't it, really? Like, exactly. <clears throat> um, moving on from that, yardage is a no-brainer. I don't think I need to talk about Penrith's yardage. I think we know it's the best in the comp. Well, it's going to be... Their back five. Like you said, it starts with kick, kick return meters. Yeah. Because that gives their props a shorter field. I also... Which means they're behind the ball, they're not working as hard, and they're coming off the back fence at your play three, play four, play five. I also think they're one of the better ones at breaking the shackles, though, even when they lose play one. Because a guy like Tyler yeah. at times, even with a set line, will still beat two or three and spin out of contact and generate a play the ball where he doesn't necessarily get huge meters, but they just struggle to put him on his back or <clears throat> twist him around. Like he's one of those ones with even two or three in on a set line, generally seems to spin or hit his front. Um, so he's very hard to get, but that's essential for Brisbane. If they can do a number on the back five, can they maintain it for a long period of time? <coughs> that's the big question, much like Melbourne. Yeah. It's the only real time this year I've seen them challenged in that regard. But again, can you maintain it? Because if you can't, that's a part of their game that just comes all night. Yeah. They're relentless from the back part of the field. Nathan's kicking game, I think it's a no-brainer, despite Luai being there. Um, you know, his role is pretty simple. He'll cut back in, test the insides, drop back rolls, underchange the point of attack. He's not heavily involved with the kicking. I think Yo's handling like we've seen. I think he's got better across the year. Less playing at the back or less breakdowns than that. He's more worried about his run when things break down and playing short. So I think he's improved there. But I, I think Nathan's sort of gone to another level the last couple of weeks in yeah, terms of yeah. his ball playing, <laughs> his running, the balance, and adding more to what he's doing over time. But his kicking game is obviously crucially important in any facet of this because if it does turn into a ding-dong even battle, kicking off the back foot rather than cage kicking and dropping it on people's heads, it needs to be a la the grand final against us, where when we went back through it and saw 20-plus something kicks, it was almost the perfect night with the boot. Yeah. He's critical. And goal kicking, much like Reynolds, if points are there to be taken, uh, I think, you know, they're a team similar deal, that if points are free, they take them. They do. And yeah. he, you know, much like Reynolds, two probably best goal kicks in the comp. Yeah, so yeah. You take those points. Patience, I don't think, is going to be a problem for them, and I literally wrote that down. They are the most patient team in the comp. They will complete get dropouts, park the bus, strangle the shit out of you and play the long game. So for Brisbane, same deal again. It's getting that balance because you know what Penrith's going to do. Penrith aren't trying to win it in the first 10. They'll lock their defense and all the other things will show you that, but they will do that until the 80th minute. They will play the long game if that is required. They can drop the hammer on them in 20 or 30 minutes, they will, but they will still be there at the 79th minute. They will not fucking go away. They are the liquid man from the Terminator. Mm. That is the DNA of this team that has been built over the last few years, um, I think they'll be able to stop those offloads, you know, kill that ruck and do what they've been doing, which will be interesting part <clears> of it to see. And the other part, like I did, same deal that we said before, it's just a fucking hatchet job on Reynolds. I know it's hard in these games in this day and age to get at halves, but if they can run their big boys at him or hit him and get to him, I'd be putting Reynolds on the ground at every opportunity I get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd want to put hands on him. Yeah. Obviously, I, legally where you can, but if you can yeah. get to Reynolds, I'm getting to Reynolds. Yeah. And bench, simple job. You know what Lenny's going to bring? It's a short stint. Lindsay certainly earned his role. I honestly think that Cogger and Garner may not see the field. So, Garner, I think Garner will. Cogger. Maybe a short stint, but Cogger, Cogger I think, is purely cover unless something injury or blowout. Yeah, I think they've got the possibility there where... You know, they could roll Garner into the back row and roll Martin into the middle as well. Like that's that's a possibility. But I guess it depends on how well Brisbane can nullify Yo. Yeah. Like there's been a little bit of talk in the media Origin the week about what that. they did at Origin. Yeah. yeah, well that wasn't obviously it wasn't all Brisbane and it's not all Penrith either. It's not No. So I don't no, I think know. there's a bit in that. Like mm. I think Brisbane would have they're certainly looking at that and they're certainly gonna find ways to try and unsettle so I think Penrith, part of, yeah, Isaiah Yeo's development, you know, and he's so um, so stringent and so um, hard on himself and he's such a footy brain. I think he would have gone away and he would have watched Origin 1 and he would have thought, if this ever happens again, 
how am I going to combat it? So I think <clears throat> for people just to assume that what worked in Origin 1 is going to work on Grand Final Day speaks to the fact that they don't really know the work ethic and the intelligence of the guy who, you know, was a little bit exposed in Isaiah. So sure, test him. Sure, go after the same uh, tactic to ensure that he has learnt the lessons, but I'd be shocked if they came out and tried the same thing and mm. had the same result from what I know about Isaiah. Like, he'd be all over that. Mm. And and again, he would have learnt the lessons and he would have gone over the tape and he would have understand what happened, why it happened, and how he, how he would combat it the next time he come up against it. I think he's focused, like I said, a lot more as the years gone on mm. on short pass and run rather than that back shape. Like he's I think playing it's also very... understanding ruck, the ruck, the mm. ruck prior to him catching the ball. Yeah. Because a lot of the times there where, you know, it is a slower ruck, he understands I have to tuck and run yeah. here. When he's got a little bit of momentum and he's also extremely smart about who he carries the ball after. Yeah, exactly. But he also is smart, like you said, in just his whole setup for his run. He's always two or three wide. He's always got a lead. He's always got someone pushing with him. He takes attention away from himself where he dummy short. He can cut back into space if they're lazy in the drain lock. Everything about what he runs has three or four strings to it. It's not just a simple carry. Yeah, no, it's not. His run has layers to it. What I'm saying is just to say that that's going to work again. I think it's ridiculous. It's... You know, it might. But we talked about it during the year. It did shock me. And the other part of that is your job as a coach, mm. and Penrith have got some very good and talented coaches at that club, they would have assisted Isaiah in that as well. Mm. Just because he's at Origin doesn't mean he's not getting coached on what and he does at Origin. Our Origin's not Penrith's coaches and Penrith 100%. They may have picked but some of Penrith's players. what I'm saying is they would, have, they would have identified and seen the fallout of that yeah. and had to work with Isaiah on that. Yeah. I, I just think it's foolish to assume that yeah. You know, what worked then is going to work this weekend. It would shock me if it did. Well, like I said, I think he's been going absolutely outstanding since Origin and onwards and probably even been even better. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not criticising. No, I'm not yeah. saying you're ever criticising. What I'm saying, I'm saying is saying that for... early in the week there was chat about what happened in Origin Exactly. Mark, in terms of, you know, well, Brisbane is going to be able to replicate yeah, it's going to jam I think that's ridiculous. Break down. Oh, because yeah. he would have learnt the lessons and he would have been coached and he would have gone over it himself. Hmm. And he'll be all over it and ready for it. So... Test him by all means. Get you know, see if it see if it works, and see if there is still some clunkiness there. But it'd shock me if the same you saw the same result. Mm. And similar deal if they win the middle. I think center matchups outstanding. Why Stags are so destructive one on one. I think at times he can get caught out. So that matchup with him and Crichton's a ding dong battle. Both sides. Tago, I know he's not flying after such a long period out, but his peak form early in the year he was an absolute threat. Similar to what you said, if you can get them on the out if you've won the middle and turn him back under and get him in a man or a Catewell with his feet and his strength. Um, that, that's probably one of the real matchups that's got me going. I reckon the center matchups are going to be fantastic. Other than that... Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Don't have much more to say. It's time for predictions. So, want your winner and by how much, your first try scorer and your man of the match. Who are you on? I'll go the Panthers in a close one. One to six. Somewhere yeah, there. within that sort of range. If you're going to get on a first try, who would it be? Oh, I don't know. I usually stick with a back rower. Back rower in big games, but yeah, first try scorer. I don't know. Oh. Edges and man of the match. Who do you think is going to be the standout? The obvious one for everyone in the odds is Cleary, which is no surprise. Yeah. Dylan, obviously, last year was just too good to turn away from. Yeah, sort of trying to think about who's going to be the most influential player on the field. Mm. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's going to be one of the halves. Cleary's won one, hasn't he? And Cleary and Edwards, Edwards have won their one. two wins. Yeah. Storm year, obviously, was with the I'll Storm. Go, I'll pack. go um, Yoey. Yeah, all right. Well, you've read my mind in that regard. I've got the Panthers by eight. I'm going Toto first. Um, it's the easy pick with the winger, but that's basically where things have been flowing for them. That right-hand side, I think, is really, really humming. And I went with Yo as well, I think. You know, a little bit of stuff from the origin thing. I think he's been good in a lot of big games the last few years, but they've had someone stand out in different ways in this game, and I, I think he might play a huge role like he has since Lua's been hurt. I think he's taken things to another level. And why Cleary may play a huge part in it, I think there'll be some real subtle things that hopefully get picked up you know, in the balance of his ball playing and his running. But 
I'm still amazed some weeks when I look and think, oh, he's handed the ball a lot. You look afterwards, he's had 20 carries still, 180 minutes. Just, there's a lot that goes missed with this idea. Yeah, it's almost like once he runs, you switch off from him because you think, oh, it's just a carry. Mm. Because uh, you're waiting for what comes on the back of him. Yeah. I think... Which uh, is often brilliant. You know, it's out the back to Cleary, it's out the back to Luar, it's out the back to Edwards, and, you know, this exciting footy that comes on the back of it. But, mm. yeah, the spade work certainly goes unnoticed. I think Cleary and Edwards... Are, He's the best middle hybrid in the comp by yeah. a mile. Big chances again, but I think Yowie's certainly up for a big one. So I'm with you on that one, and... There you go. That's our grand final preview in depth. It, would have, it wouldn't actually shock me, right, if... And this is probably going out on a limb a little bit. If Penrith won a really, really close game... Something like Liam Martin or... No, um, Pat Carrigan wins it in a losing side. Yeah, well, that's... A... Because I feel as though, you know, he's he's got the ability to really put them in the game and really step up to those Penrith middles. I think sometimes Penrith middles... Their, um, their their ability to stand out gets eroded a little bit by the fact that they're all so good. Mm. I think Pat Carrigan's got the got a chance in this game to really step himself, you know, even above Payne Haas, just in terms of the impact that he can have. Not so much defensively, but I think offensively, just in his mix of run, pass, dig into the line, offload, Pre-line, post-line, <clears throat> post-contact, pre-contact, just mixing all that up and having an impact on how Brisbane play and trying to earn them some momentum through the middle of the field. And he's going to get through an absolute stack of defensive work. He's really, really good at the effort areas of the game. Like I could see him saving a couple of tries and just putting himself in that frame for for man of the match in a losing side. And it's not uncommon. Like we've seen a few... Players win. Cherry Evans. Yeah, Cherry Evans is probably the last one, wouldn't it be? That was 2013. Yeah, well, South one went to South. Cows was Thurston. Uh, Sharks was Louis. Storm was Storm. 18. Did Jack win it? That was the other one. Yeah, Jay. Jack won it against. I was trying to think of the other one. So that was 18. Jack won it against. So it's sort of every four or five years. Or 19, sorry, was it? They beat us in 18. And then 19 was Raiders. So there's been two. Um. Well, and then you had Brad Clyde, I think, one in a losing side. Yeah. So did someone else. Long time prior to that. But yeah, in the last sort of... What, what I'm saying, is, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think if it's a really close game and Penrith win, but Carrigan has an absolute barnstorm, I wouldn't mm. put that past him either. Well, on the flip, I was going to say, yeah, the other one over there is obviously Walsh is the red hot one for everyone. But I think Carrigan, similar to Yo, not, not as heavy with the ball playing, but very good with the ball playing. But I think the volume of work, the footwork, quick play of the balls... Generates offloads, gets through a mountain of work. I think both locks are a good shout in terms of value. If you're going to look at that sort of side of things. But the odds, thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Nathan Cleary, ridiculously short favourite, $3.25. Walsh, $7.50. Reynolds, 8 Yo, into eight fifty. Dill is at 10, and then it's Haas at 11, Carrigan at 12, Luai, it starts to blow out 17, Martin, 19. Like, Mam, if he has a ripper of a night, $23 if you think he can impact the game. But after there, we're starting to get into back rowers, centers, etc. Um, I'd struggle to go from there. Like, Moses was awesome last year, and if Dylan didn't have the game he did, especially capping off that tricep at 67, if he went mental again, um, or a fish... With a big game, but yeah, you talk about roughies, like can Stephen Crichton have a barn burner, take a pick, score another one, come up with some big plays, I don't know, but it, we generally know it's a, a spine award, unfortunately. There's probably been some grand finals where you look at a couple other spots and think, oh, this bloke was overlooked. I even said, you want to watch that Cowboys game, like Thurston kicks the winning field goal, if you go back and watch that game. Tamalolo, Tamau, like Milford probably had it by that, but I thought for the Cowboys, he got the winning moment, but I didn't think he was the best player for the Cowboys. That's for sure. But there's a good reason those awards generally go there. So uh, prices there has to be expected. The head-to-head hasn't changed a whole lot. Still pretty tight. Panthers, $1.62 at bluebet.com.au. The Broncos, $2.30, minus 3.5, still the line. If you think it's tight both ways, 1-12. to The Panthers, 2.80, 3.30 for the Broncos. If you think it could be a blowout, 13-plus Panthers, 3.15. Broncos, 6.10. The over-under currently... Is at 38 and a half. 
Um, Tyo at $2. Like, again, I know it's a grand final, but you don't get him very often at twos. So if you like that, any time, some good value there. But first try, he's eight fifty. He's the short favourite. If you go the the back row method, as we've talked about for many grand finals, the shortest there is Martin at 17s. Uh, Sorensen's at 23. Riki is at 29 on the flip side. And Catewell is also at 29. So a lot of value for the Broncos in that regard. I think Herbie's probably not a bad shout in that one either. He's 17 uh, for first try score. But if you like the wing, other wingers, Cobo, 10s. He's the shortest Bronco. Taruva, 12. Critter is at 13. Arthur's on the other wing, 13. Tago, Stags, 13s, 15s. And Walsh, 15. Uh, Man, probably not a bad one with some of his runs at 18s. And Cleary, 19. But, yeah, there's some of the, the popular markets for that game. Um, I sort of like, in my head, maybe Penrith, um, the unders. I think it'll be tight in that regard. 38 and a half, I think. Uh, and there was another one I was interested in, or another part, and probably Toto. So I don't know what that would get me, but that's the way my head is sort of thinking at the moment. Penrith, the unders, and Brian Toto. And with bluebet.com.au, I can get $6.25 with that and boost it to almost six seventy at this current moment. So thank you to bluebet.com.au. Uh, the NRLW. Newcastle, they're a dollar fifty. The Titans two fifty five. I still like Newcastle on that one, and Tamika Upton for a try. And the state championship, the lists were out, the odds weren't, but they are now. South Sydney in the state championship, they're a dollar twenty favorite. Four forty, the Brisbane Tigers twelve and a half start. I think this is a trend we've spoke about, Brock. That you know, for the last however many years, the last winner was Burley in that few years ago, but it's generally been dominated in more recent times by the New South Wales Cup teams. Yeah, but it's hard to line up the form. Mm. <clears throat> but there you go. There's the odds for some of the other games on grand final day. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. Uh, anything else, Box? Zippo. I think it's a bit of du- ducks and drakes yesterday when they're talking about hamstring injuries and no, injuries for both teams. So. Yeah, I don't watch it. I don't care about it. I just want to see the game. Who runs out is who runs out. Don't read too much into that stuff. I know it makes for good. Speculation: The media's got to drum up something, but mm. and as we speak, the yeah. Dalyam's on tonight. Um, new voting system? Yeah, no idea. With the new voting system, who knows? I like Johnson, but again, with the new voting system, the extra votes, I sort of thought, well, Ponga would rack up some serious points on the way home. Yeah, Haas across the year, I liked, but you got to think that that team they'd be taking points off each other. There'd be games where Walsh and other guys have taken points. Mm. So I sort of thought it might have been a racing two uh, between Ponga and Johnson, but. The 16 wins for the Warriors. I think Johnson certainly would have got some points. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, I would think Fenor Blake would have got some points. I would have thought Egan would have got some points as well. Mm. Metcalf was good in some games there. So, mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Let's just see how the new system pans out. I think it's going to add some excitement. Yeah, and hopefully we get you know a result that we're happy with because as we said in the past, it's just tended to be... <laughs> One player who doesn't play Origin doesn't play rep football and a team that wins some games generally. They've got multiple judges now as well, don't they, on games? Yeah, not just well, one. two vote, two judges with the 3-2-1, so break oh, off so the points. It's the same so. thing, but they just double the amount of judges. Yeah, with the hope, I accept, that if they're watching, they might be a little bit more rewarded to your horses and these sort of guys they, rather they need, than... Yeah, they need to pick a pool. Just picking your spine players all the time. Well, oh, this guy, like, actually... So it'll be interesting to see how it works, but... I think looking at it when it went silent, I looked like that the new system was working better. Yeah. That's for sure. I wouldn't be opposed just to go to MVP, just have people well, vote. We've talked about this. Who do you think this. he's the best player? We've talked about this for the reason we do our... Get a panel of 500 and do it that way. We do our awards after the season for that same reason. We let everything play <laughs> out, like the NFL and the others do. And then you announce your awards. Yeah. With the full knowledge of, obviously, what's played out in the season, rather than pre-grand final. Yeah, but nothing else to add, my friend. No. Well, we've got here. Forward to the game; it'll be unreal. It's another year almost gone in the fifth and last NRL podcast. After this, we'll have our grand final review, and then we'll probably give it some breathing room to space it out, depending on what the game is like to do our season awards, and then we're done for another year. There's some internationals we might 
do something around that. I'm not too sure. Um, but, yeah, I think looking at that, you know, internationals and talk, there's only so much you can really get on that. And who's going to be available, who they pick, but a couple more shows to go after this one. But thank you, bluebet.com.au. Hopefully get a charity winner this week, $1,260.50. Let's hope you can get one more win in the charity account. Download the app today or visit the website. But do remember, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thank you to the Penrose Solar Center, Jake and the crew there, 1800 or visit the website, penrosolar.com.au. And Toby and the team at Sinclair, Hyundai Penrith, corner of York Road and Batch Street. Get into the new models of the Tucson, the Santa Fe, the Kona. Really nice new shapes. Or visit SinclairHyundaiPenrith.com.au. Brock, can't wait. Two best teams all year. Should be a ding-dong matchup. Looking forward to it. Fingers crossed it goes down to the wire. That'd be good. And if you're a Panthers or a Brisbane fan, hopefully you've got some tickets and you're going to the game, or if not, you've got some belting plans. But, yeah, I think uh, any time your team's in the grand final, in my opinion, you should go. Because you never know. Yeah, you these, never know. both these fan bases have been pretty spoiled over the last 30 years. Mm. Well, I think you're more newer fans of Brisbane or younger fans, maybe. No, I understand that. But, but for yeah. your Penrith fans, like, <laughs> let me tell you, don't get fatigued with success. Like, I've been there for every Melbourne Grand Final win, all loss or finals games. and Even last week, I didn't have much hope, but I still went. Yeah. When your team's doing well and they're in big games. Some people also don't have the capacity, so... Mm. If you've got to, the chance. To do it or to afford it, it's certainly not cheap looking at you know some of the prices for tickets it's yeah it's the grand final is becoming almost a boutique event uh there were some sections there which i thought were reasonable but oh some ridiculous prices um you know i know a, a lady a good friend of ours who has two sons uh who are panthers fans her and her husband bought tickets in bronze i think and it cost them nearly nine hundred dollars for four ticket like a family pass which yeah, I think he's, he's too much. Well, considering they got e- extra money from the government as well, you think you'd want to make it a little oh, bit affordable to get to the game. It is what it is. But I, I just think you're almost... We're getting to a point where it's going to become like the Super Bowl and it's going to, you're going to outprice your fan. So I guess yeah, we well, need to... We work claim out to be the game of the working class. We, we need, need to be to, more working class. Yeah, whether we want to still be you know, accessible to you know, the people who are the, the lifehood or the... Livelihood of our game, are we going to still going to make it accessible for them, or are we, you know, are we turning into a, a bit of a money maker? I think we need to just find the balance there. And mm. I think the NRL was trying to do that. I'm not, I'm not criticising the NRL. I just when I heard that, like for bronze, like seats behind the post, nine hundred bucks. Well, whatever. the other thing we know as well, which you know, we used to, we used to buy them. We're talking before we had our Acor memberships. You know, we could, we could get tickets in there, and you could buy a family pass in there for sort of two hundred fifty bucks. Mm. So it's tripled in price in the last sort of 12 years. Yeah. I think it's a bit exorbitant. But Yeah, well, even that, that's the reason we become ACOR members because for big events, we used to pay three, 400 bucks. Now you... Oh, it's at a point we did, yeah. Your we membership... Sort of, we're better off just being yeah, a well, member. If and... you're going to go to that in origin, like we said, it's, it's worth as much money as the membership is. Plus, you get all the extras on top of it. Correct. That's yeah. why we just sort of looked at it and thought, well, what's the fucking point? <laughs> get the membership instead. Um, yeah. That's it. Looking forward to it. Should be an absolute cracker. Can the Brisbane Revival be completed this weekend? Will they get themselves back to Premiership glory or will the Panthers juggernaut make history and go back to back to back a three-peat and four grand finals in a row? Time will tell. We will find out. Panthers-Broncos NRL grand final this Sunday. Can't wait. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?